Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Uh, good morning, Askiti, and your, and, and, your, and your guest today. Uh, no, this thing of, of, of stealing of uh, kettles is done by uh, this thing, uh, what you call this uh, Brian, what uh, Shisanyamas, and also what you call uh, the shepherds, people like who is called Abadusa is come, they are involved. Uh, at my place, at my house, at Danahauser, uh, because most boys were here in, in Gauteng, and then they steal our. Uh, grandfather uh, cows about uh, 10 or 11 of them in the night because there was only my auntie there and the grandchildren so the, this shisanyamas uh, uh, butchery they are involved in the stealing of uh, of cows and cattle thanks i was kathy and south africans eddie from Wonders race um yeah, you know, there's this issue of stock theft, um, it's, it's really serious. And um, here in Machabing, we are encouraging people that we need to go smart farming, whereby you'll have all the cameras, you know, if, if, if people buy into this concept, because they'll be able to see even the movement of their livestock, even over their phones. Um, that's, that's the route that we can talk, that that we can take to minimize some of the things. Smart farming, be for in crop production, smart smart farming in your common ages or livestock business. That's the way to go. We are introducing it uh, in Machabing, and we are hopeful that um, people will buy into it. Yes, we have the Machabing Farmers uh, uh, Forum which was established last week Friday and we are hopeful that things will shape up so that we bring modernization in, in this business. Thank you. I can the stock theft listen, <clears throat> you can't address stock theft alone. You need to address the entire problem facing this country of criminality. The parliament should come into play adjust the constitution, adjust the laws, things have changed. Anonymous, thanks. Good morning, Sis Kathy and SA FM listeners. You, I have no words to say how I feel about the passing of Sahara, but God has given us this precious soul that she was, young as she was, she left us a treasure. We are so rich. God loved us so much. Such a young lady with such powerful message in her songs. May her beautiful soul rest in peace. Condolences to the family. And God forgave her sins. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Kathy Motlatana on SAFM.
It's 10 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour on the Talking Point today. We're going to be focusing on the West African coups that we've seen in the last 18 to 24 months. And I think one of the big questions then to ask is, the extent to which there is any sense of stability in the region, given the fact that we are a couple of months after the latest one, um, or are we really looking at a situation where there will be uh, a deepening crisis? And, uh, you know, some of the calls that have been made in, in particular by ECOWAS is for democracy to be promoted in the region. Now, what is it going to take to promote democracy? Is the ground fertile for conversations about, well, well-functioning democracies? Because at, at this point, I don't think it's it's good enough to just talk about democracy. It matters the kind of democracy that people have. Nixon Katembo is the Africa Affairs Analyst at Channel Africa and joins me now for this conversation. Nixon, good morning. Thank you for your time this morning. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to SFM listeners at home. Of course, whenever we have coups taking place, it's not a good look, especially when it comes to um, the the role of democracy and even the buy-in into democracy. And the West African story has been quite a peculiar one because it seemed to start with one coup and then just filtered through to the rest of the region. Uh, certainly, and Kathy, uh, uh, we need to look beyond the notion of democracy on a continent versus what I would say, and many would say, social justice on a continent. And when you say social justice, it's not about your right uh, to be able to express yourself freely or your right to whatever liberty that are shining in different constitution on a continent, but rather the socio-economic justice, your right to be able to live a dignified life within the ambit of the state, but also the economic um, prospect that different countries possesses on the African continent in the context of the resources that we have. So I think that is the discussion that is lacking we normally often talk about democracy as if it's just a manner that comes from heaven without looking at what are the social issues that lead to certain uh, discomfort around the societies and around the state itself leading up to these coups happening because leaders are dischanted, they are discontent, and the people are not even uh, uh, happy with the kind of leadership that happened. And, and this is why um, in the countries where the military have a certain uh, hold, they are prone to military coups in the name of salvaging what the people are demanding mm. and what the people want in terms of socioeconomic rights and socioeconomic justice. Of course, where things do become a bit tricky, and we can talk about what we saw happening in Niger, is that we've moved from a situation where um, 
the coup led by the military junta was, um, you know, th- there was a, a very strong response against it. We had sanctions that were put in place, etc. Where we stand today is that that very same military junta is now being recognized as a legitimate government. And there now talks of a transition to democracy um, and perhaps a period of civilian rule that um, will be looked into. This, when one tries to understand it, at least from the very clear terms of what democracy is and what it's not, it doesn't fit that mold, right? But yet it's being recognized as a democracy. Why, why, why is that the case? I think to understand the whole narrative about these coups in, in Western, West Africa and the Sahel region, as well as the broader issue of democracy, you have to go back to the history of the country. And I, I like to take you back there. I know many people have a selective amnesia, what I would call, rightly so, in a sense on how they talk about the event and how they forget what precipitated those events leading up to the current situation that happened in those countries. And hence, I like to go back to the history. Let's say, for instance, Mali. Uh, um, in the early 90s, uh, there was a, a popular president, Alpha Omar Konari, who came from the socialist movement. And Alpha Omar Konari, when he takes Mali, he asked uh, the Bill Clinton government to assist the Malian government, one, on issues of debt, went to the uh, IMF, International Monetary Fund, to say that, look, we have a bigger problem. Remember, he's coming into power while there are changes between uh, right at the end of the Cold War, um, the shift between the East and the West coming into play uh, and the wave of democratization on the African continent. But this is a leader who came in, quote unquote, democracy, right? But he put forward this proposal to solve the issues of Mali. And he said that we're not going to be able to work out a democratic process that is just without, without solving the question of debt, which is weighing heavily on our economy. And therefore, economic development have to go hand in hand with the democratization that we seek to achieve as Mali as a country. You know what? The Bill Clinton government refused to accede to the demand of Alpha Omar Konari. Right. He was willing to solve the issue of the nomadic and uh, sedentary uh, residents in central Mali, but also the, the Tuareg and Amazigh people in northern Mali. That is one aspect of, of, of the issue. Now, you see that Mali, after that, faced coups after coup after the departure of, uh, of Alpha Omar Konari. But the second aspect, you see, comes when the French uh, France adopt the, e, uh, the, the, the euro as a currency in 2002. What France does across the Sahel, it says, no, we're going to maintain the colonial um, agreements that were there, meaning the France will remain. 
those countries who are former French colonies are going still to behold their 50% reserve in a French central bank, which then give huge economic incentives, incentives to France, allowing France to control the economies of those countries. Fast forward, in 2013, after 2011, Libya is destroyed, right? So you have the economic problem, you social problems that are internally the nomads versus the people cultivator. Then you have the Tuareg question in northern Mali. That is one aspect. And because these are people on the move, it was sort of a, a cross problem. Uh, uh, those who are your listeners who are Fulanis know what I'm talking about in terms of cross-border uh, migration of, or in search for, for grazing uh, uh, pasture. Now, that is one aspect of the Sahel problem. The second problem comes in with the Libyan question. Libya get destroyed, right? Muammar Gaddafi get killed, and the whole question of terrorism spring up in the Sahel region. Who was at the, at the center of the destruction of Libya? NATO. Who was leading the, this campaign? France is Nicolas Sarkozy, a man who's, who, who, whom Libyan leader Muammar Gaddafi funded his political campaign in France. And that it has been revealed. Now, you have from that issue, terrorism, what we know today, Ranking in the whole the Sahel region, you had Timbuktu uh, destroyed. You have part of almost eighty percent of Mali being taken over by 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 the terrorists. But then the very same phrase comes up with what they call uh, uh, the, 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 the 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 Operation Barkhane which then gave France to send troops across the Sahel region under the pretext that they were going to save Mali from these terrorist attacks that were happening. You remember how uh, our own uh, former president here appealed for the protection of the Timbuktu because there were much investment that Africa did to protect these ancient uh, um, uh, manuscripts and the ancient knowledge. Uh, in that part of the of the world, so France, being what it is, first have economic hold through the France FA and the control of the natural resources in that country. Two, now to present the military control through the Operation Barkhane in 2013. After presenting that, it invite even more other people by creating the G5 Sahel region. So in other words, getting these military officers, young military officers together and train them and so on. But what France forget is that they're discontent within. In the case so, of Niger, for example, yeah. right? In the case of Niger, they build a military base in the, in the north of the country, but at the same time, the the British 
came in to intervene in what they call the Accra, Accra, um, uh, the Accra Initiative, which then talks about how they are going to solve the issue of terrorism in, in the Sahel and so on. The American comes in and builds the largest drone base in a northern Mali. But along that, there are military officers, young military officers who can see that things are not going for their own country. And there is a huge discomforted discontent yearning for those countries' sovereignty. This is why much of these coups had taken place. We're talking about over six coups in a period of two to three years, mm. and both of which are in the former French colonies. Is it about democracy? Yes, could be about democracy. People trying to find their self-determination, <laughs> getting their freedom, economic or otherwise political freedom. Now, when you have those, despite attempt to political reform in the early 90s, and clouded with the, this international uh, geopolitical dynamics and intervention a part of France, Britain, and the United States. This is why you see a lot happen in West Africa and the Sahel region on the basis of what is this happening. But so, what is so, happening so, now? So, 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 Nixon, what does that mean? Does that mean that even where there is stability, and one really uses the, the, the word loosely here because you almost have to be specific about what are you describing as stable and in which country uh, are you seeing it as, as stable. But just broadly then, does that mean that the idea of stability in, um, in, in, in the region is something that is for now still relatively far-fetched that they've you know countries have found ways of existing in the instability rather than the region is stable well that will depend and it is relative based on how uh, the progression of these changes that we see through military coups are going to take a center stage and take a hold of a leadership that is responsive that is galvanize the people and spur development among the people. Uh, I think that is the relativity terms that we are going to see here versus what we have seen being sunk as democracy, as, for example, ECWA saying that we are going to intervene and then uh, the next, they say, no, we, we need to chat uh, transitions and so on. But, Kathy... The whole issues around geopolitical issues that happen in the region to the second around the natural resources uh, that has been controlled. One, I painted the picture just to go get for, uh, uh, to bring the event forward, uh, how France tried to get hold of that, those countries economically despite joining the, 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 the European Union. Uh, and, the, and the euro as a, as, a, as a monetary zone, but also bringing in the military to kind of dominate these countries militarily under the, the so-called pretext of fighting terrorism in the region. So, so, Whereas so, that mm -hmm. very same terrorism 
have been created by the gap that was uh, made in Libya. So uh, democracy, we know, needs an entire ecosystem in order to be self-sustaining. So you need institutions that are going to protect it. Um, you know, you, you need organizations, you need civil society. And, and that is why, let's say in a country like South Africa, part of the reason why we're seen as a, a more stable democracy is because we have all of these institutions in, in our society that, that exist to safeguard this democracy. In the absence of that, does do you believe that the, the project of democracy um, in, in the Western region has actually been given an opportunity to fully take take shape and form. I, I beg to disagree with you in a sense that mm. if you send around the issues of democracy, you're missing the issue that I raised earlier of a socioeconomic justice, which then are angered on the kind of leadership that are going to take uh, uh, hold in terms of how the democratic process are going to unfold and the building of the institutions in those countries. Now, if you look at these coups in West Africa, for example, they have about two characteristics that I observe. One, deeply anti-Western, and more particularly anti-French because of the economic suppression that the West, and particular France, has imposed on those countries. How does democracy take a hold in such a, a situation? where people are yearning to enjoy the resources of their country, but someone else in France is holding 50% of their, yeah, their uh, reserve. That is one question. Where, for instance, in case of the Niger, which gives power to France, every one in three bulb of France are lighted by uranium that come from Niger. And guess what? That uranium was being sold from Niger at 80%, at 80 cents, whereas, whereas the world market is at 200 euro per kilo. France is buying from Kazakhstan and many other, Canada and many other countries at 200 euros, but when to come Niger to pay 80 cents. Where is <laughs> economic parity, where is democracy in that? The second aspect I want to speak about is the issue of bringing in, now I'm speaking about what the characteristic of the coup in West Africa, is bringing in the idea of old I, nationalistic uh, liberation movement sort of approach. If you look across in Guinea, for example, Sekuture, who brought the idea of that we are not going to be free until we, we our, 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 our economies and all that is benefit for the continent. He was killed by a French. Modibo Keita in Mali, the same. In Thomas Sankara, in, in, in Burkina Faso, the same. After kind of bring it right. much changes for mm -hmm. the people of Burkina Faso. But does it give a, a, a does it surprise you that the likes Nixon? of uh, the president of it's, Burkina it's Faso went? Let, let me go to news. We'll continue with Nixon in a moment after the break.
All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point. We've been revisiting um, the coups that have taken place in West Africa and really asking a question about um, stability for the region. Then what does that look like? Nixon Katembo is our Africa Affairs Analyst at Channel Africa. So, Nixon, time for us to start concluding um, this conversation we've been having. But your general sense then, um, given all of these factors that you've run us through, are we any closer to stability in the region post these coups than we were before? Certainly, uh, the stability will depend on how the power play in the region, but also at a geostrategic level and a, a geopolitical level comes into the entire uh, leadership process within the region. Uh, one of the key that I have observed is that both military coups and leaders, both in Burkina Faso, Niger, and Mali, and Guinea, are trying to play both sides. You have Russia, the U.S., France, trying to gain control of the region. But at the same time, these military coups are trying to redefine their own sovereignty mm. in a sense that they go back to the old ideas. I said that these coups have two characteristics, one of which being uh, uh, anti-Western, but also the other one bringing the old idea of, of liberation, uh, of what the forefathers of independence in those countries fought for uh, in the first place. So if that succeed, we're likely to see stability in the region and we're likely to see more development sprang up in the region. For example, uh, Niger was was, you know, sanctioned by 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 Nigeria, which supply most of of its uh, of its electricity, about seventy percent of it. But what has been the response? These guys are going to build their own nuclear reactor mm-hmm. to produce energy. And, as, and out of that, one hope that there will be investment in development, uh, therefore creating employment for the people, and therefore looking at economics, emancipation of that country without the interference of France or any other. Whether Russia comes in as well, because um, a lot of emphasis has been put on Russia, but if you look at it, there is a, an equilibrium at play here. On the other hand, France, America, they want a fair share of the cake. On the other hand, Russia is also playing its part. It's up to this leader to determine what serves right. for the interest and more so the economic interests of those countries and making sure that development comes first. The people are served and the people's uh, uh, livelihood are well catered for in terms of social economic justice. All right, Nixon Katembo will have to leave it um, there for today and probably there for the year. Uh, Nixon Katembo is somebody you can expect to hear from on the talking point in the new year. Thanks, Nixon. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. On that note, I think we're edging towards the end.